0: Hey guys, just a quick heads up. This episode contains a lot of explicit language. We say words like <laughs> and, and son of a <laughs> and we don't bleep them out. So, just wanted you to know. Guys, guys, cut that out. Stop. You want us to get sued? I mean, this podcast doesn't make any money yet. Nobody's really listening to it anyhow. Well, there may be a few people out there. And we appreciate you all. We think you're all really awesome. Thank you so much for listening. You three or four people that are out there, you really, you really rock. Space opera. Space opera time. Woo! Space opera. Yeah, space opera in here. Hey there, folks, it's been a while. Welcome back. This is where the real nerds start tuning in. This is episode four of Day Drinking the Night Away. Did you say space all Ooh, so I like the spa- all yeah, you mean, like a grand old Spazer? Are you song? sure this is a good idea? It's been done before, you know. A little better, maybe. Man, space operas are great. We got love of space opera. Hey, will you guys just keep it down for a second? I'm trying to do a freaking intro here. Man, how did they get all you guys in here anyhow? This is a sound booth. Anyways, this is the uh, pre-Thanksgiving episode, I guess. Uh, uh, yeah, we're thankful. We're all thankful to be here, and we're all thankful to be uh, doing stuff that we like. And uh, yeah, let's hear it for stuff that we like, man. It's fun to do things that I like to do. You know, I like doing things that I like doing as well. So that's thanks for sharing. I mean, that's uh, I really appreciate that. It's a great perspective. What else are you guys thankful for? Oh man, I, that concert that I went to. A few years ago, man, it was freaking awesome. It was great, man. I loved it a lot. It was really freaking awesome, man. You okay there? Snap out of it. I'm thankful for being thankful. I just, I like the fact that I'm so thankful, you know. Uh, it's, it's one of the greatest things about being alive is just being thankful. I like being thankful. Thankful is a good thing. If you say thankful enough, it just sounds really weird. You know? You ever noticed that before? Folks, you ever noticed that before? We just say something over and over and over again, like thankful, thankful. We appreciate your input, Gus. Thank you. Um, It's a little strange, but we appreciate it. So, guys. um, Yeah, it's close to Thanksgiving, and uh, it's been a while. It's been a few weeks. Uh, uh, A lot of stuff been happening. Uh, So... Yeah, I know what I'm thankful for. I'm thankful for family and friends and uh, uh, having a job, having a house over my head, having a microphone in front of me, and just uh, the listeners to my podcast, all you wonderful folks out there. Uh, I'm sure there's millions of you. I appreciate you all. And um, so we all have something to be thankful for. Um, A lot of stuff happening out in the world, a lot of craziness, but we can focus on the positive things, right? Right. Uh, the COVID is out there. So be careful, you know, as always use caution and be safe and try to protect yourself and protect others. And, uh, we have a new president. So it's, uh, something to get excited about and, uh, just, uh, try to stay on the positive side of things. Let's uh, look at what good can come from everything that's happening around us. Let's just try to keep it positive and stay on the plus side and think good thoughts and, uh, Uh, Maybe that karma will come back around and push you over the edge of the finish line. And I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. It's just craziness. But anyways, so since this is episode four, we've decided to put together a space opera for you. Um, Well, sort of a space opera. Uh, A couple of skits involving space-like stuff. And uh, 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 robots and lasers and crazy things that are happening out in the space world out in the universe. The first one is about a man who has to make a very important decision. Oh, you mean a decision like a pumpkin pie or a pecan pie or a a cranberry pie or a turkey pie. We don't have cranberry and turkey pies. What Thanksgiving dinner have you been to before? We have turkey pie. Yeah, man, I've had turkey pot pie before. Minus the turkey pie. In the pie <laughs> you know me all right all right yeah. guys let's get on with the episode so here we go the first installment in our space opera episode enjoy Smith wakes up to find himself floating in the darkness of space, high above the surface of the Earth. Over to his right, he sees a large object shrouded in darkness. And to his left, he sees two strange men. These are the events as they unfold. What's going? What's going on in here? Oh man! Like I got a hangover or something. Where am I? Who are you guys? Why am I got these? Why am I got these harnesses around me? Why am I in this chair? What's going on? It's all right, Harry Smith from Earth twenty twenty. We have been sent here from the Nether Realm to inform you of an incredible opportunity that you have been selected for. Allow me to introduce myself. My name is Aethelwulf Wessex, first guardian of Alt Detroit. Did you say first guardian of Alt Detroit? What does that mean? I am from an alternate Earth timeline. From the distant future, actually. Uh, from the city that would be known as Detroit in your world. Uh, oh, okay, I guess, but where am I now? Like, why is it so dark, man? It's like I'm floating in space or something. I, I just I was just working in my food truck, the last thing I remember, and now it's like I'm just floating out here, all floaty-like, and I'm strapped to this chair, so... I kind of want to know what's happening. Harry Smith, my earthly friend, I'm sure you have many questions. And we shall answer your questions in time. But first, let me introduce my colleague here, Casimir Durd. Harry Smith, my good man. It's so nice to meet you. I'm the Honorable Casimir Durd, the fifth of three. Uh, did, did you say your name was Turd? I specifically said dird. In fact, I put it's, extra it's okay, emphasis awesome on the d. No, no. Why do they always hear turd? It, it's it's derd, but with a d. Very common mistake. Oh my bad, man. I just sorry, I just thought you said turd. I'm sorry about that, bro. It's it's okay. He's just a bit sensitive about his name. What does that name even mean? "durd"? Oh, it means small piece of shit. No, man, I meant Durd, his name, you know, like with a D. I realize that. Durd with a D means small piece of shit in our native future language. Yes, in the future, piece of shit is a great honor bestowed upon only the noblest of time travelers. So what does turd mean? Oh, it means small piece of shit also, but not the honorable kind. It's more of an insult in some ways, Uh, but I digress. You're probably still wondering why you're here, Mr. Harry Smith from Earth. Well, yeah, man. What's this all about? Did I do something wrong? I'm not under arrest, am I? Because for real, I didn't know about that stuff that was in the glove compartment. No idea how I got there. Well, uh, you haven't done anything yet, but we're hoping to convince you of something. Yes, my companion here is alluding to the fact that you are here for one very particular reason. In fact, you are here to make a decision. Some would say the most important decision that has ever been made by any human that has ever existed or ever will exist. Yes, yes, most important. Well, there's nothing special about me. The most important decision I ever made was the war on drugs. You were waging war against drugs in your community? Nah, man, the war on drugs. It's a band. I went to their concert. Funny enough, there's actually a lot of drugs there. It was awesome. Aethelwolf, are you certain that we have the right one? It will work. It will work. Just trust me. Uh, What the Honorable Casimir was just saying is that it appears you are truly the one. I mean, if you say so, but... What am I supposed to decide on? You simply have to make the choice to push the button that you see on the small platform in front of you there. And you must do it of your own accord. We cannot force you. Okay, so what happens when I push the button? What does it do? Perhaps a little background is necessary here. And from an extensive review of the history of your generation's music and television shows, it appears that you are most receptive to explanations in the form of a type of music called 90s rap. So we've compiled a few rhymes, so to speak. So, if you will, Casimir, please provide me with a hook and a beat. It will be my honor, sir. wants an innocent blood, yo. Is this really necessary? Um. yeah, can't you just tell me? It's been a fucked up year, yo. Australia ravaged by fires. Nationwide protests about police brutality. A global pandemic is killing people all over the world. The economy everywhere is fucked. Kobe Bryant's dead. Eddie Van Halen's dead. Alex Trebek is dead Ruth Bader Ginsburg's dead Chadwick Boseman's dead Sean Connery is dead It just keeps going Just keeps going and going, my friend Is it ever gonna fucking end? No, uh Not to these rhymes that I penned, uh Got another thing coming, uh We got another thing coming, uh Here strength. Technically, we're translating to you through music in the best possible way to understand these transdimensional events, but, well, yes, we'll need to burn off your testicles. Hold up, man! No fucking way, man! Forget it! Perhaps consider the fact that you'll be carrying on a tradition of saving the planet as old as time itself. Man! I don't give a rat's ass about tradition. Like, I, I mean, this makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. Why would I need to burn my balls to stop some demon from attacking the earth? The Dark Lord's ways are not our ways. They are not to be questioned. This is simply the only path. So this demon thing, you mean to tell me he's gonna destroy the earth if I don't burn my balls off? Well, since you... Put it that way it does sound absurd but this is the written prophecy written written where man oh i believe i have a copy of it right here if you'd like to see this is a napkin from a waffle house again harry smith the dark lord's ways are not our ways screw this man let me out of this chair oh God! Help me out harry smith you don't seem to understand. The Dark Lord will destroy your planet. Everything and everyone you have ever known and loved. And then he will destroy you. In that light, it seems such a small sacrifice. Don't you agree? Wait, did you hear it? Uh, Aesowulf, do you do you hear it? Yes, it's the demons. The army of demons that accompany the Dark Lord. They are approaching... It won't be long until they are upon us. This is fucked up, man. This is like so fucked up. I understand how you are feeling, but the truth remains. Unless you do this, all is lost. So you mean like a laser will fire when I push this button? Yes. Yes, a small laser will come out and, well, do the work and it will all be over. It will be relatively painless. Relatively? What's that supposed to mean? And can I I mean, can I at least see the laser? But of course. Casimir, would you be so kind as to unveil the laser? Your wish is my command, good sir. Holy shit! That thing is enormous! Oh dear. Uh, We seem to still have the same model from last time. Last time? Ah, yes. Well, remember, this happens a lot. It happened 65 million years ago when the dinosaurs were wiped out. You mean it? Tell me, you shot the balls off of a dinosaur? Not exactly. We had explained this whole thing and uh, just convinced a Tyrannosaurus Rex to make the same sacrifice as the Dark Lord was trying to break through the time portal. However, it didn't go as planned. How'd you talk to a dinosaur and what do you mean it didn't go as planned? Turns out, his tiny little arms couldn't reach the button in time. Hence the extinction event, the... End of the Dinosaurs. Sir, the demons, they are much louder now. Can you hear them? Oh, dear. Oh, dear. We're running out of time. Harry Smith, you must must make a decision. You must do it now. Oh, man. We don't have much time. Look, the portal is opening. The Dark Lord cometh to destroy you and all the other people of your planet. And everything that has ever existed there. Oh man, oh shit man, fuck. Oh, all right, all right, fuck, I'll do it. I'll press the goddamn button. Oh shit man, Boss, we had a good time. Harry had just pushed the button in the nick of time. The portal was starting to open and the demons were trying to squeeze through along with the Dark Lord. The sound of the laser harnessing the energy of the nearby sun began to overwhelm the pandemonium chaos of the demons. And then... What... What happened? Oh, my balls! I still have my balls! I... Uh, what did happen, sir? Where... where is the Dark Lord? Look over there. That... that black pile of dust. You mean, uh, that's the Dark Lord? Hey, the lasers! It's not even pointing his way. It's Pointing at that pile of dirt. I don't understand. Something went wrong. The laser, it turned the wrong way when you pressed the button. It, it seems to have blasted the Dark Lord, sir. It vaporized him. Wait a minute. You mean this whole time you could have just shot him? Instead of shooting my balls, you could have just shot this evil demon dude? Well, it, it appears that maybe we could have. I cannot believe this, man. What the fuck? You guys... You guys beat everything, man. It's like... This this concerns me, Casimir. Perhaps we should just wipe his memory and send him back, I suppose. Uh, that's a good idea, but... I'd really like to do some troubleshooting on this laser bug thing. Uh, Maybe before we send him back, we can wipe his memory and try this whole scenario over again. Brilliant idea, sir. Simply brilliant. Oh, uh, Harry Smith, we're just going to wave this device in front of your face if you'll just sit still for a moment. Um, you may feel a little funny afterwards. Your balls may hurt a little in the morning, though. Oh, right now just sit still there. There we go. There we go, much better. Hey Oh man It's like I got a hangover or something, man. Hey, who are you guys? Hey uh, What am I tied to this chair? But what? I'm like floating, man. I'm like floating out in space. Where's my food truck? Harry. Harry Smith from Earth. Welcome, let me introduce myself. Oh, man oh, man you don't mess with the guys balls you don't, you don't mess with that stuff oh man it's just a story calm down we're just having fun here nothing really happened to the guy he's okay yeah man it's not cool at all man you don't mess with the guy's balls man what are you talking about you were in the episode you were the main character oh uh-uh, yeah man uh, still, it's not cool, man. You still miss uh, all guys' balls and stuff. Man, it's not cool at all, man. What about you, Gus? Do you have something to add to this as well? I agree. I don't think it's very cool to do such as that. But uh, uh, there was a time where I had my uh, uh, ball sack caught in a bear trap. I was out hiking in the Appalachian Mountains. And uh, uh, we were looking for some deer. And uh, we are oh, no, we looking for some beer. I think I lost a case of beer, and I uh, 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 just happened to go down the wrong trail. And uh, uh, we don't have time for this. Man, you didn't get your balls caught in a bear trap, dude. Well, I most certainly did. It doesn't sound right. I don't believe it. All right, then. Well, uh, what do you think about this? <gasps> oh man, put your pants back on, dude. All right, look, Get. you're getting out of the sound booth. You're getting out of the sound booth right now. Have it your way. I got better things to do anyhow. Guys, stop. You're pulling me off track again. Look, we got to get back to the stories. We have one more tale for you folks tonight. This one involves a man who has found himself taking on the role as captain of his spacecraft. And his crew is in peril. And there is a mysterious enemy that they are facing. Oh, man, it sounds really scary or something, man. This episode's kind of creeping me out a little bit. Did I kick you out of here? Yes, yes, you you did kick him out of here. You told him to leave. All right then, that's fine. That's fine. Old Gus will remember this. Old Gus will remember how you treated him right before Thanksgiving. All right, Gus, just hang around, just be quiet, and keep your pants on. Here we go, folks. Let's have a listen to the captain's log. log stardate 2933 i am lieutenant lucian rogers and current acting captain of the starship hyperion captain henrik barnes is no longer with us we have lost contact with the rest of the crew as well the only remaining members of the starship crew are myself and chief warp drive officer cedric bergeson This message will be put on an automated repeat broadcast for the remainder of the time that our power systems remain functioning. That way, if something were to happen to me, there would still be warning for others nearby. Officer Bergeson and myself managed to narrowly escape the stronghold at Epsilon-6 with our ship intact. We were on an exploratory mission to discover the source of an unusual signal coming from the Light Syndicate's new base on Epsilon. While there, we ran into an as-yet-unknown race of biobots whose artificial intelligence systems had evolved a new language to incorporate human and alien speech patterns. We believed their goals were either to communicate with all forms of life or to infiltrate various colonies without detection. The materials that make up the robots seem to be formed from some kind of extraordinarily malleable and flexible material. It allows them the ability to take the form of whatever entity that they wish. However, the robots were only able to maintain a human form for a short period of time before their materials lost their compressed state and they expanded back into their larger, bulkier robotic forms. We believe it is because they were running low on power resources. The battle for the Epsilon facility had destroyed several charging stations that the robots needed in order to maintain their façade. Their true form was about three to four times the size of an average human. They are quadrupeds but with no clear distinction between front, rear, or sides— Their bodies are metallic spheres that seem to be free of any distinct markings that would indicate some sort of vision or light detection system, or sound detection systems for that matter. Their spherical shell could be some sort of armor that is protecting their sensory input mechanisms. Our observations came from our escape of Epsilon and being chased by the creatures— Strangely enough, we witnessed no actual combat and found no crew members' bodies. They seemed to have simply disappeared. Upon first contact with these AI bots, we became acutely aware of their strange language. Their large, ominous appearance made them fairly easy to spot, but we learned to avoid them altogether, not by visual reinforcement, but by audibles. Their language was still in the midst of some sort of early evolutionary phase and was an unmistakable giveaway to their precise location. The sound, it was unlike anything we had ever heard before, and I hoped to never hear it again. Although we were chased at some points of our escape, the robots never fired on us, so we were unable to ascertain the extent of their arsenal. We are under the assumption that their weapons may also be affected by the fact that their energy reserves are low. Perhaps they were simply unable to fire down upon us. Luckily, this means that our ship was intact. And as another stroke of luck, my companion is the Chief Officer of Engine Operations... We were able to get Hyperion's engines running and blasted off of the surface of Epsilon-6 before these strange entities were able to recharge enough to stop us. If anyone is out there listening to this broadcast, we ask for your assistance. My chief officer and I want to return to Epsilon to find the bodies of our comrades so that we may give them a proper light syndicate farewell that is fitting of their heroism." We don't want to leave them there with those AI beasts. Our coordinates are being broadcast as optical theta wave pulses underneath the original signal. Those should be easy enough to calculate with standard communication destructuring tools. For now, I, Lucian Rogers, and my comrade, Cedric Bergeson, are signing off. Uh, may the light be with you. That was... a uh, Excellent log entry, Captain Roberts. Captain Barnes would be so proud. Oh, Cedric, I didn't know you could hear that. Please, just call me Lucian. I'm just acting captain. I don't deserve the title. If you insist, Lucian. But I must say what you did back there. You saved us. That's Captain Material in my book. I was just lucky. You would have done the same under the circumstances. Well, for our sakes, I hope your luck continues to travel with us. I'm just sorry that my pulse rifle only had one blast remaining. I wanted to take out more of those mechanical monsters. It's a good thing we found the ship when we did. They were mere seconds away from accessing its emergency energy reserves. observes. If they had managed to drain those, we'd still be down there, stranded like everyone else. Cedric, tell me, honestly, did we do the right thing? Captain, I mean, Lucian, what do you mean? I feel more and more like I acted out of fear. You were the only remaining crew member I could find, and when I saw those things, I just wanted to escape. You did your duty, sir. We both did. We searched for the crew, or at least their bodies, to return to the ship. But there was nothing to be found. You can't blame yourself for this. No one expected those things to be there to begin with. But— If we had just stayed a bit longer, if we had stayed, sir, we would have been overrun with those beasts, they would have slayed us both, and would massacre the next unsuspecting crew to land there. At least now we are in the position to warn others of their existence, and if our communication systems hold up, we may even be able to find reinforcements to help us go back and take those bastards out once and for all. I guess you're right, Cedric. We did everything we could do, but I still can't help feeling like a coward fleeing from the enemy. I understand, Lucian, but don't think of it as fleeing. Think of it as regrouping and planning our counter-strike. Oh, and what a counter-strike it will be, Cedric. Those things, these monsters, they'll pay for what they did. They'll pay dearly. How are the power systems holding up, Cedric? Are the engines looking good? For the most part, we are good. But we won't be able to open a wormhole for travel until we can get to a nearby star and charge the core. That could be tricky indeed, Cedric. Wait. Did you hear that? Hear what, Cedric? Listen, listen. Listen. Did you hear it then? Yes. Maybe one of the supply racks has shifted near the back galley. Our gravity generators may be on the fritz if our power systems are low. I suppose that's possible. There it is again. Did you hear it? I, uh, I'm afraid I did, Cedric. Is it possible that maybe a crew member made it back aboard and we did not see them? Cedric, my friend, anything is possible at this point. After what I've seen today, I'm not ruling out anything ever again. Perhaps then, sir, we should make our way toward the galley and investigate. Do you have a sidearm, Cedric? There are not enough resources to charge it with, I'm afraid. Okay then, I'll take this pipe, just in case. I'd suggest finding something for protection first, though. Yes, Captain, or Lucian. There is a wrench near the entrance to the warp engine chamber, but we'll need to slip past the galley in order for me to get it. All right, I'll lead the way and you stick behind me. We'll try to slip past the galley and get a look at whatever it is making the noise. Let's avoid making too much noise ourselves, so instead of using the voice commands, I'll just Punch in the code to get the entrance to open to the corridor. All right, we should be good to proceed now into the corridor. Lucian, the good news is that the wrist radar on my suit has not been damaged. I can use it to track any unusual movements in the area. Here, I will turn it on. Excellent, Cedric. Keep me informed if you spot anything unusual. Now, let's proceed with caution. right, let's keep moving up this way yes sir how much farther are we away from the galley Cedric? the lighting systems seem to be low on power but I believe it is right around the corner here sir Whatever it is, it's big and in the galley. You don't think that one of them got on the board somehow, do you? Cedric, those aren't the sound of shifting crates or racks in the galley. Those are footsteps. But sir, we can't be sure until we hear it speak. Okay. You're right. Here. I'll throw this pipe around the corner, toward the other side of the galley. That should get the thing's attention. And once it goes for the pipe, that will give us time to double back into the command center and come up with a new plan. All right, sir. It sounds like a good idea. All right. Well, here goes Nothing. Did you hear that? It's... It's one of them. Holy shit. Let's get back to the command center stat. Wait. Captain. My... My radar... What is it, Cedric? It shows one coming around the corner from behind us. Look! With traps, sir. What do we do now? Looks like we've got our plan after all, Cedric. We stand and fight these alien robot bastards. Sir, that looks like one of them is releasing a gas. <coughs> <coughs> oh, C- oh, C- oh, Cedric, we, we put up a hell of a fight. It looks like I'll be seeing you on the other side. <coughs> <coughs> It was an honor to serve with you, even for such a short time. Once Lucian and Cedric were unconscious, the two robots converged on them, picking them up and carrying them away. Unfortunately for Lucian and Cedric, the fact that they could not understand the incredibly strange language of the machines meant that they missed out on the purpose of their supposed invasion. There was a reason that the other crew members' bodies were never found. And that's because the crew members were alive and well. The AI bots had such an unusual language because they were learning the language of all alien races they encountered at the same time. But that's not all they were learning. In order to better understand these living forms, the robots wanted to understand how their bodies worked and how they interacted, both emotionally and sexually. Lucian and Cedric were about to be taken to their comrades aboard an enormous ship created by the robots, a ship the size of an entire planet, whose Sole purpose was to host the greatest party that had ever existed, a party composed of all the major life forms of the universe. And in this party, the robots could mix and morph and interact between the different species. They could learn from each, at least in some small way, something that had eluded the AI of the machines for so long something that they would eventually discover had eluded the life forms themselves, the question of what does it mean to be happy. Commander, our communication systems have picked up a distress beacon, it seems. Listen to this. Stardate 2933. I am Lieutenant Lucian Rogers and current acting captain of the Starship Hyperion. Captain Henrik Barnes is no longer with us. We have lost contact with the rest of the crew as well. The only remaining members of the Starship crew are myself and Chief Warp Drive Officer Cedric Bergeson. This message will be put on an automated repeat broadcast for the remainder of the time. It seems they've left it as a warning to others. Should we check it out further, sir? Lieutenant, set our navigation systems toward the coordinates of the distress beacon. Let's show those evil robots what it means to start a war with the Light Syndicate. guys it looks like we've made it to the end of the episode and we hope you've enjoyed it we've had a lot of fun and uh we hope that you have a fantastic thanksgiving and i look to see you back here for episode five uh, very soon